This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TAKESTHATCHANCE10. Jetson's there, Billy Head! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 82 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. In another topsy turvy week of results, we've got a very topsy turvy about face panel as we look at another double game week and the goings-on of the last week at the club. Uh, On the podcast this week, joining myself, Matt Shaw, we have uh, Richard uh, Cozzi-Cosmala, Neil Wayne, Simon Copland, and Dan Pozzer, wearing Bradford City colours in the corner. Porrit, so how are we doing this evening? Good, thanks, Matt. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right, yeah. Uh, My agenda's been wiped out this week, so this might be a little bit sketchy, but we'll see how this goes, eh? Uh, So, okay, so it's a double game week. I thought what would be quite good is if we start with the game, the freshest in our minds, shall we go? Uh, So Bristol City last night. So uh, for me, uh, Bristol City came. I thought they were quite poor, uh, to be honest with you, Uh, especially for the first hour, Uh, not so much after that. Uh, They tended to uh, sit very deep, uh, Naki Wells hit the crossbar early on, but I thought once that had passed, I thought Huddersfield were the better side. Uh, the touch from Fraser Campbell on the goal was was magnificent, as as was uh, the rest of that as well. Uh, what do, what did you guys Isaac. think? Uh, what did you guys think of the the game from last night in general? Um, and and how did you think it went? Uh, for me, 
just saying there that you know it seemed to be a reasonable start and then we seemed to run out of gas very quickly and we seemed to get outthought as well on the pitch and it and it followed a very familiar trend from uh, Preston whereby we concede one and then all of a sudden head's gone and we're absolutely all over the place and that's where our game management seems to go completely out the window uh pause I'll come to you because you you watched the game uh so Yay! well done son <laughs> and, uh, that's that's two that's two no one's had any ribbon yet it's just pause getting it just pause getting it tonight sorry mate i don't uh, have time on weekends but midweeks on there pause talk us through uh, the your feelings on the bristol city game then um i thought first half we did all right um we you know we did what we usually do we got we got forward in numbers didn't didn't sort of threat too much i think probably the best chance of the half were when Aki Wells, you know, in bar, we had a couple of shots, but no, not really too troubling for Bristol. Uh, and then into the second half, the it were the subs for me that sort of really changed the game. Not just from Bristol, yeah, they they brought on the quality. Whether it's Semenyo or however you say it came Semenio, on, yeah, yeah, Semenyo, he, he were quality. They look, they, they changed the formation. They sort of moved from a what looked to be a three-five-two to a. 4-3-3 and then just to a 4-4-2 and their, their subs were just a little bit more quality than ours they, they actually made an impact into the game uh, Patterson came on as well and you know livened things up for them whereas our subs for me were very much like for like um, we, we brought on our subs and we didn't really change any sort of style of play or or how we were you know sort of before they came on um, it was interesting to note as well that before uh, Bristol made their subs we were, we were dominating in pretty much every statistical department um, and when, when they made their changes we just didn't seem to get to grips with it quick enough they seemed to the, the possession went up for Bristol and you know to create a lot more chances and stuff like that um, I think a lot of it is down to what you've just touched on Matt I think a lot of it's down to the squad size uh, I think it's still we've been over it before but we can't really do much about it now but still too small and still lacks um, a little bit of quality coming off at bench Um we were, we were a little bit of a change up front might have, might have helped things yesterday. Obviously, we sent Harrod out on loan and, you know, Phillips and made the bench. Noticed, I think he's scored seven in three, though, from, from B team. So we might see him uh, appear on there after international break, maybe. Um, keeping a lead, I think, is one of the things that we've, we've struggled with as well. We've gone in front. Um, I read today that we're, we're the only team in league that have lost twice now from, from going in front. Um, and I think, again, that comes back to, to game management. Um, I said after the Birmingham that, that Carlos needs to be a little bit more savvy in games to to protect the leads that we've got. Yeah, the style of football that he wants to play is attack, attack, attack. And that's brilliant. Um, it's, not, it's better to watch, but sometimes by doing that sort of style, if you've not got the ability or even the fitness to do it for full 90 minutes, you've got to look to change things. And I think a combination of all that last night uh, resulted in us, you know, in us getting beat. Um, on the flip side of that, like I say, it is nice to see us, you know, playing that style of football and sticking with it. But I think we've got to probably accept that doing that will leave us vulnerable uh, until we can bring in a little bit more quality and, and a few more numbers for me. I think Neil, um, Neil let I me think... let me tee you in here because um, I want to talk about quality in particular, and I want to talk about the quality of that goal. So you know, your 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 best mate. On your tandem, Isaac, you know, is involved. You know, there's a good ball into Campbell. It's, it's, it's Sir Isaac. A wonderful ball, a touch. Isaac and Ben's is great touch. And then he puts it across and you know what happens then, don't you? Because I get out the old... Uh... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm honest. 
I've got the Josh Caroma and the Josh Caroma fan club kicks into gear, doesn't it? If it'd, so. uh, if, if it'd been a study yard further out, I think could have put it over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk us through that moment of quality and uh, and pick up from that. It, to be honest, it didn't really belong in gear. It was a very sort of, for me, it was a very sort of blanked each other out. Obviously, Poz has mentioned Wells hitting bar. I think he miss it. I think if he gets hold of it, that seals in that stand. Um, other than that, they want a great deal. We left their lad free on a corner, headed it wide. Should, should have probably done better with that. But we haven't really created much, have we? A um, couple of snapshots. And then all of a sudden, three or four passes later, it's in back at net. Um, you know, it was just a cracking goal. And you can have Carlos printed all over it, to be honest. Um, but I think for the game overall, I think you've got to give Bristol City a lot of credit. I think it's been, yeah, all, all stats point towards being better side. But fair play to their manager, also a bit of a novice in management game. And he's done as with substitutions. Um, he's totally changed formation, not once but twice. Brought on three quality players. I mean, I thought that, that that's a menu, arguably they'd shout for man at match in about 20, 25 minutes. He completely changed the game. And I think sometimes you've just got to sit back and accept that you've been done by a bit of quality. And I think overall, Across the game, for me, it was quite even, and then their substitutes have tilted it. So, I think I think Bristol, and it might not go down well with some people. I think Bristol probably slightly edged it purely on the manager having that bit of that bit of braveness. I mean, it was brave to, to change what he did, but you look at their their something that they do cost them what five or six million quid. Jamie Patterson, we all know his quality, um, and he showed it in, in bits last night, and that's Semenyo. I read Brady's preview with the, with the with the lad from Bristol City, and he mentioned him, mm. and you can see why because he, he, I thought he was outstanding when Good he came on. Yeah, Simon, talk us through. Sorry, Paul. I, I, I was just gonna I was just gonna say there weren't great goals that Bristol scored either. To be fair, we did create his own problems. So because he's got his own little uh, opinions to chuck in on Steam and, and uh, but that defending for that second one, there were there were umpteen chances for it, you know to get it clear. So. By the same respect that, you know, Bristol quality for the goals, the actual goals themselves, they didn't sort of work for them if, uh, as such. It were, you know, they were, especially that second one, it were a bit scrappy, wasn't it? Well, that's what I want to talk about, Simon. We'll talk about the first goal because... Uh, from 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 my point of view, um, it was quite lucky Semenyo fell over and then he handballed it accidentally. But the rules state that if you accidentally handball it then and it plays on and leads to a goal, it has to be disallowed. So for me, that first goal shouldn't have stood. Um, I don't blame the referee for missing it because it was a very sort of covert accidental one. Uh, but it just seemed to be a complete, a bit of a mess really, Simon, because Isaac and Benz has also put his hands up as well after the game and said that it was his fault for not tracking De Silva, said he'd switched off and stopped tracking De Silva as well. Um, both goals were a bit, a bit sort of uh, a bit frustrating, I guess. Yeah, in your um, intro, Matt, you mentioned that kind of the heads went. Um, and for me, it wasn't so much the head, heads went kind of with 70 minutes gone uh, last night, but the legs went as well. And I kind of felt we saw the impact of, I think what's now something like six or seven games in, in the space of two weeks. Um, with very little rotation in the squad and kind of, I guess, in the example of Stearman, particularly a guy who was probably at the back end of his career now, kind of having played the majority of those and played a lot of minutes in that time, certainly relative to what he was doing last year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, two two kind of poor goals to concede and um, we were kind of exposed in that right-back area when when people moved on to the left wing, weren't we? Um, I think Kimbenz has perhaps been a little bit overly critical of himself. Yes, he's out of position, but even if he's in the right position, it's a very difficult kind of clearance for him to make then 
um, at that point. So soft goals to concede, and, and to come back to your point around the handball, Matt, I think it's one of those that in the Premier League, VAR looks at it and it's disallowed, but sadly, obviously, um, VAR is not at this level. can't believe I'm saying that because I'm kind of probably its biggest critic, but um, it's one of those that kind of, had we had the technology, it probably wouldn't have stood. Cosy, get fired in. Silence. I know. It's still in Scarborough, isn't it? I'll tell you, I've only just sobered up. Anyone listening to me on Radio Leeds last night, I don't normally tell that, but that's uh, that's what it's mm. like, alcohol. You can't, we won't be drinking any in after tonight. But I uh, thought Jada Silva was outstanding for Bristol City. I thought they man of the match by a country mile. Obviously got the goal, created the first. Don't think we could handle him. Uh, he was doing a Toffolo on us, as Toffolo's been doing pretty much to uh, you know a lot of teams this season. Did worry me, but I suppose when we're playing just two games a week with a thin squad, you're gonna get these energy dips and stuff like that as well. I mean, I said we'd get three points out of the last two games. Didn't say it this way around, and I think this is just the season that we've got at the moment. It's just going to be, you know, who's got the most energy in the tank. Uh, Think of what all the guy you guys have said has pretty much echoed a lot of my thoughts. You know, with the goal, the, the second goal as a as a away fan, they are the best. Can you imagine that as a fan? They're the best goals ever. Yeah, it's the first. <laughs> oh, we're going to win it last minute. No, we are. It's a scramble. Yeah, oh yeah, and you know, you go absolutely <laughs> berserk at that kind of goal, don't you? you? Them are the ones where you see like everyone just rushing down to from losing their uh, shit. But of course, obviously, we were on the wrong end of it, so we're kind of looking at it with a bit of a negative slant, really, as well. Uh, Steam, and he didn't know whether we were coming or going once it came off the post. And I watched it two or three times today again as well, because obviously I'm kind of a sick man watching us lose goals. But the one thing that I kind of noticed, and I don't know if it was just one of those things, but there wasn't much tackling going on. There were a lot of backing off, a lot of space. It's almost like they're being told not to kind of commit or something. It was really weird out because... Even in the replay today at six o'clock at night, we've lost something. Some get tackling there. Stick it, stick it in, you know, stop it happening. But yeah, I, you know what? But I, I just overall, I'm just so positive about us at the moment. I put up a tweet at half time, so blame me that we've lost. But I, I said that for me, since Tottenham at home, it was the first time I've really been able to think, and, and Wolves away were a standout, but that was so weird when in that Premier League second season. But we'd lost all our, the no limits had gone that Tottenham at home. We, we were always playing with fear. For the first time last night in that first 45, and it wasn't a vintage first 45, I was like thinking, this is the first time I can really think this is a little sampling with no fear. It was really good. I've felt this for some time, but I was just watching it thinking, I'd love to play in this team. Because you're encouraged to express yourself, not, you know, get forward, get forward, you know, to try something, make something happen where I think maybe before, certainly under Wagner, kind of, we lost a bit of his mojo, so it's brilliant to have that back. And I can cope. I mean, look where we are. We've won form. We lost five. I was nearly 50-50. We're, I don't think we've got it in us to. I mean, you said game management there, Paz. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't want us to be like park the boats and stuff and, and, and kind of nick points. But I just look at where we play and kind of who we've got in our squad. And, you know, I just don't think we've got what it takes to kind of... I don't grind that stuff out. The thing and... is, at what point last night can you play for a point? Because yeah. they, they scored their goals very early. And it's, you know, you don't settle for a one or with half an hour left here. Me, I think what to would... be fair, Cowley had settled for a one or in about 30 seconds. You would. What, what would be interesting? You, you joke about that, though, but I was looking at some stats. And last season, we went in front 20 times and we only lost three. 
out of those 20. This season, we've gone in front more than that. How many of them did we draw, though? I didn't look at that, but it's still yeah, a point on board, isn't it? But if you, if you look at, you know, we've lost two from going in front already this season. It's it's one of them, in like Cosie says, I think we're just going to have to get used to the fact that we probably won't draw that many. We will either win or lose. I think you look at it like, look at the Birmingham game. We've gone for it there, being caught out. We won't nil up with a minute left at Millwall and we've carried on going for it and got another two. So, yeah. for me, give me that approach. Give me that approach. I think, have we won four, drawn one, lost five? Yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see one eight, drawn two, lost ten. I just wouldn't I don't be think, at all surprised I don't think they could just flick we'll the switch in it, Neil. That's just how we're wired up. I don't think if it's right, just, just see it out. Maybe if it's 90 minutes, but I think you've got to take your hat off, like some of you guys have mentioned already, to Bristol City. Because at one one day could be thinking, oh, this feel this is a you know decent point. No, they went to win after that, and it and it made for a good spectacle. We just had nothing left in the tank. But I'm really excited, like for other sort of town at the moment, because it's a wafer thin squad. It, no matter what the hierarchy tells you, we're short of players, and we know that. But it's a lot of positive could, signs from Carlos, yeah. and it's all it's all about Carlos, isn't it? But you want to watch it, Neil. You want to watch yeah, the next do. game. I'm yeah, going to be good when the international break comes. And Christ, for the last two three seasons. I've been thinking, bring that on. <laughs> I think players need it. I think players will be craving break, to be fair. Should we talk about a, um, a better game then? Should we talk about Millwall a little bit? Um, so yeah, Millwall... just first, first, sorry, Matt, I don't know whether you're going to come at individual stuff after, but... I've got Critchlow... a player in focus, which is Mr. Stearman. Right, OK, go on then, move it on, sorry. <laughs> I thought <laughs> that might be, really. yeah. <laughs> I've got a player in focus and something about uh, teams killing teams. Uh, but anyway, killing teams off. Uh, yeah, so Millwall in particular. So uh, I think we had pr- uh, probably, you know, I'm, I'm complaining about the handball uh, in the Bristol City goal. Um, but to be fair, when you look at the Millwall game, Christopher Schindler spears Jake Cooper quite early on, and that could easily, or should really easily have been a, a penalty to Millwall. And again, that changes the complexion there, of the game. There were two, one there. I'm surprised they didn't get given one. was before the ball came in, so that yeah. was just okay. And then, but Schindler, it was ball the free kick from deep, wasn't it, where Schindler just yeah. pretty much wraps his arms around him and drags him to the ground. And yeah. in the Premier again, in the Premier League, that's given because it's he's a stonewaller. Um, but what, what was Stonewall was the Stonewall beauty of the uh, 25 <laughs> passing move that starts with uh, Ben Hamer. And one thing I want to say is on, on the podcast last week, we mentioned three players that were poor in the previous week. You know, that this is what we do. We, if people play poorly, we'll say that. If they play well, we'll say they played well. Um, so three players we said were poor last week were uh, Adama Diakabi, Ben Hamer and Janino Bakuna. And I think what was good this week was it was positive to see a good response from all three of them. Ben Hamer in particular at Millwall, I thought had a good game. Adama Diakabi started off, his first, his first touch was ballooning the ball in the air, wasn't it, to try and make a clearance. But once he'd headed the ball back across goal, which uh, resulted in, in in the goal from Josh Karoma, and I won't do the, the conch and everything this time again, because everyone looked really alarmed last time. But once once he'd done that, I thought there was a much better performance from Adama Diakabi than what we'd seen before there. You know, it's not to the levels that Isaac and Benz has raised at the minute. But, you know, we saw more positivity from him. And Janino Bakuna came on for 45 minutes, you know, a second half. And he's got two assists there, two two great pieces of football from him to to put us in. So well well done on the players who, who've turned that performance round. Uh, the goal, though, uh, 25. The one thing that I bemoaned a little bit the previous week is that Huddersfield Town only seemed to be able to play one way, and that's at full, full tilt, full speed. Uh, you know, sometimes a game calls for, you know, being slowed down, being sped up and... 
we don't always have players that can that can do that. You know, Aaron Moy was the master for me. At, you know, slowing a game down when it needed to be and speeding it back up when when it needed to be sped up as well. But I thought Huddersfield's game management against Millwall was outstanding. I thought we after sort of fifteen minutes uh, where Millwall strong armed us a little bit. I thought after then we got the ball down. Uh, Jonathan Hogg's had two good games this week. Uh, he in particular helped dictate uh, Nabisar from the back against Millwall as well. Uh, pinging balls around and and that goal was was outstanding and it's come from a, a a really good move and and maybe there's there's something in there to be said for Alex Pritchard's contribution against Millwall as well in that you know we've been able to up and down the the speed levels while he's been on the field but you know sadly he went off injured but so the goal itself who wants to wax lyrical about how fantastic well you can wax lyrical about all three really the goal Bartosz Bielkowski might not be overly fond of uh, his uh, his contribution in the second one, but who wants to uh, salivate over uh, one of these goals? I'll, I'll let you put your hands up. None of you look like all of you look like you just sat there in, in <laughs> wonderment. <laughs> Simon, you've got a really sort of happy glaze across you that you really want to to sort of specifically delve into this. So off you go, mate. I'm always happy, Matt. I'm always happy seeing your face. <laughs> it's the glaze, um, you know what I mean? It's the eyes. <laughs> I think it's the, uh, the angle of the light, actually. But anyway, never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of just reflecting on, on that goal and similarly the one um, or a couple we've scored kind of already this season, just can't imagine as ever scoring that sort of goal under Danny Cowley. Um, I, w- I was kind of a bit, probably before, a big fan of Danny Cowley and uh, what he achieved with Huddersfield Town. But you felt we were quite one-dimensional and would typically score crappy goals but what was scored kind of at the weekend wouldn't be out of place certainly in the Premier League wouldn't be out of place kind of in Champions League football wouldn't be out of place in kind of some of the top European clubs and I guess that we've still got lots of way to to improve but um, kind of a, a delight to watch and coming into this season for me I, I was kind of confident about us um, at the back um, my fear was scoring goals particularly with the loss of Grant, the loss of Mounier. I wonder where the goals were coming from. And right now, kind of, that is probably, I give you the least of our concerns. It's, it's keeping them out the other end, which has proven a bit of a challenge. But to kind of wax lyrical fight for the final time, such a good goal. Um, glad that kind of um, Corbran and people like Coroma, et cetera, have approved a few of the doubters wrong, myself included, um, and hope for a few more like that this season. It reminded uh, me of that goal at Man City that time, where it yeah, yeah. main road yeah. at Rob Edwards. It was very similar to that in the and I agree with what you say, Matt. A lot of his goals this season where we have played great footballers, he's been at full tilt and it's you know, get it upfield as fast as we can. I think we're nice to see that we can it was almost like we broke Millwall down, which were one of his, you know, one of his issues throughout the you know the Cal year. And even even so far this season, you know, we've all sort of mentioned do we have that quality to actually break a team down and there were a lot of triangle passes and you know a switching player backwards and forwards. And it was just nice to see that, yeah, we if we have got the ball uh, in that sort of edge eighteen yard box, twenty-five yards out, we can create something from that. So yeah, great goal. And I agree with what you're saying about Pritchard as well. You know, we've all Slagged him off on here and had his opinions someone on Someone breaking through your wall there, Oz. I think someone's, I think, I have no idea why, but uh, someone's decided to set a lot of fireworks off. All right. It sounds like you've got Jack Nicholson ready to break through <laughs> your door. Sounds like Beirut, mate, honest. I don't, maybe they're celebrating lockdown, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're nice to see Pritchard involved and, you know, put a bit of quality on. So yeah, decent goal all around. 
it 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 had training ground written all over it for me. It was just very very slick. A lot of them were blind passes in areas. They knew where exactly where it was going. Um, yeah, so it, it had training ground and repetition, repetition, repetition all over it, and we scored you know to be like that this season now. Um, it it's great to watch in it. I mean, when it was scored, I think two out of his last three or four goals have been started by Hamer and then led to 15, yeah, 20, well, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've led to, you know, goals that from 20 seconds later from Ben Hamer having it. And he ain't exactly, not like Lossel against Man U launching it. He's been, <laughs> you know, a little pass out, 15, 20-man move, goal. And it's uh, not before time. It's, it's great to watch. And it, this is what it's all about for me now. It's all about watching a team who play good football because we've been starved of good football since promotion season, if we've been brutally honest. Even then, I think it, it won't... If, I'd love to see Carlos with the, the quality that Wagner had because we're still somewhere behind that yet. I'd say that Wagner helped create some of that quality because you look at yeah. some players like, like Tommy Smith, Tommy Smith under Powell, yeah. Probably sat there thinking, probably need a new right back. Um, Hog, you know, he reinvented Hog. Uh, Hog, Carlos as well. I'm going to throw a Hog in for special. I know uh, Stephen Chickens mentioned this on, you know, on a couple of occasions as well. And I agree that uh, Hog is, what's really funny is every time a new manager comes in, that the first person they they love is Jonathan Hog, isn't it? And yeah. Wagner loved him. He said, you know, Hog is the, you know, the, the, the Terry the spirit and embodiment yeah. of the Terrier spirit. And it seems to be that Carlos Corbran has seen him immediately that Hoggy is, you know, an incredibly integral part. And he's, he's like a fulcrum in that defensive midfield. And there are times where he drops too deep, especially if we play a back three, there are times where he drops yeah. in a bit too much. But, you know, I thought against Bristol City, he was, he was apart from the, you know, final ball sometimes, but, you know, we come to expect that. But I thought Hoggy was excellent against, uh, against both sides. There was a couple of occasions last night as well where he, he kind of carried the ball Across the halfway line and into their half. There's one in the first half where I actually thought I should have kind of let hit from 18 yards and, and had a go on goal himself. And I think he passed to the left hand side and kind of the, the chance kind of faded away. But he's obviously playing a very different role to what he's done under Wagner back. But kind of I thought last night was the best game I've seen Johnny Hogg Johnny Hogg have in, in a long, long time and long may it continue. I, I particularly liked how, how, and it's been evident for the last few games really, how, how brave they are on the ball. Because a lot of it, they're playing people. Under pressure, you know, people, you know, getting man marked, and that they're still brave enough to play that pass, and that's starting with him. I mean, we're having three or four passes before it's got fifteen yard up pitch. No, you know, Ben yeah, Hamer. To, to be credit to Ben Hamer, pause as well. Um, you know that that what happened against Man United under twenty threes in preseason could really have sat on him, you know, on on him, especially with what yeah. he's been through at Huddersfield. But he's to his credit, he's still he's still having a go, isn't he? And still, I, still I think, I think the no crowds has, has definitely helped. I think the no yeah. crowds has one hundred percent helped him and. You know, as long as we can't go there, long, long may it continue. Because I think by the time we can go back, if he can carry on the improvement and looking and playing like he is and brave like he is, mm. I think he'll he'll really change a lot of people's opinions, mine included. I'm going to just, just to come back. Uh, sorry, Neil. On, on you mentioned um, Lossell kind of a, a few moments since. Just what what a shame it is to see kind of him so far away from first team football right now. Kind of obviously Everton brought in Olsen, didn't they? And someone who was kind of such a, um, a fan's favourite and someone who kind of a lot for our club right now, kind of seemingly kind of career drifting nowhere. Just feels a real shame. He's a wealthy man. He's a wealthy man. He's 50 bags a week, probably. The amount of carrots he can buy with that. The biggest compliment I can pay, yeah, Callum. 
I was going to say Carlos Carvalho, I'll hear what I could manage, you know, but uh, Carlos had a dream, I think. delivered it. This might, go down, might be controversial, but for me, it's better football than under David Wagner with worse quality players. For me, that's an amazing kind of praise for him because he's asking, I mean, we'll come on to Stephen Allen, he's asking guys who really, let's be honest, hog Stephen, are they really cut out for this? But you know what? These guys are, are buying in and some of them are kind of looking good, but for me, I think it's better football. I really do. I, don't get me wrong, the Wagner, it is nearly, we didn't score goals like this under Wagner. There were some great moments and we were, we were kind of did not first season, didn't we? And then once he had his team, that was it. The game, it was all about game management. And I thought, yeah. it, to, to be honest, once we went one 0 up with Wagner's team, you kind of you got your cigar in, you, and your feet up, yeah. thinking we've got this now. And that, that was that was good. And the game, I enjoyed the game management from that. But what you're going to say, because is that once we go one 0 up, it, that's not enough, is it? It's they want two, yeah. then they want three, no, then they want four. I get a very no. similar feeling, mate. To I know, um, I sent a message to you yesterday. It's, is it five, five years, I think it was exact, so when we sat Chris Powell. So Wagner came in around about this time. Um, and I, I started to get that very similar feeling that I got when, when Wagner came in. As, as you've just said, because you're taking very, really average players under Powell and, and making them into something that, you know, they probably could never dream of being. And it seems to be, Carlos seems to be doing very similar with, with some of the players that, that we've now got. And, I suppose we've got the added bonus of having the young players coming through that, you know, hopefully Carlos will be with us long-term and he can mould them into that particular it's style. From that, from that side of view, it is, like you say, because it's, it's very positive going forward. He's a brave manager, mate. Yeah, he's a brave great. manager and he's a brave with his selections and stuff. He's given guys a go, but the one thing that I just wish we could have, and I know there were, God, remember the outcry on deadline dates? We need a striker, we're doomed without a striker. And that's probably proven to be kind of a bit folly, really. But the only thing I'd say against it is, I would just wish we had someone to freshen it with Campbell. I'd, I'd just... It's he a looked a bit knackered, didn't he, last night? Yeah. I thought he looked knackered yeah, last night. Yeah, that's on, my on, only regret. On, on the subject of needing to sub people, about have you, I think what the Millwall game did show is that when we spoke in, probably better as a, an impact player off at bench, Millwall away. And he just sort of proved the point magically for us, didn't he? Mm, he played 45 yeah, minutes though, didn't he? That was that was quite a long. I thought that was quite a long stint. That, but I thought he did well. But he, he, need, still, he needed a kick up the backside. He needed a kick up the backside. Still a sub though, Shall I bring in but, some comments from YouTube first before we? Carry yeah, on? just just to finish that Millwall, they're top top six. Top they were like fifth. They could have gone third. They, they could have gone, yeah, third. Yeah. gone third. If, if we won last night, though, we'd, we'd have been seventh. So you know, Swansea second. No, Millwall were fifth, and we've won there. And it's honestly, this is such huge progress for the little town compared to before. Hundred percent. My next point's going to sit on that, Cosy. So I'll I'll come to you on that on this next point. But let's read read some stuff out for everyone who's online. So thanks to everybody who's who's joined us online. Uh, so N Shackle uh, says he thought Bristol smelt blood in the last twenty minutes. Some game changes on the bench. Some really good championship experience in their squad, and that's something that uh, Stephen Chicken's gone on about as well in his uh, Examiner articles. Is that you know Bristol could could have you know they could effectively have fielded uh, two decent championship sides with uh, everything they've had. Uh, also, uh, N Shackle says, can you play centre forward, Cosy? And there's been a couple of lookalikes for you. I've suggested David Speedy, and he's suggested Luke Beckett. So I don't know which one's uh, more preferential for you there. Mold is a mate. I've, I've had to cut this for years, mate. It's, uh, 
Hidden. It's a I know, hidden, it's nasty, uh, isn't it? Shocking, man. Uh, Terry 72 says he doesn't think we'd have scored a goal like that under Wagner. I'm going to prove him wrong by trying to think of something to dig out now. So, Mike, I'm going to think of something for you. Uh, Ollie Fisher online, Sempra Milan. Uh, Ollie says the best thing about the three, and this is goes to what you said, Neil. So he said the best thing about the three goals we've scored like that this season is our ability to play out of the press, which shows the players are finally starting to play with some freedom and trust the system. So, yeah, so that's a really good point about how they're, you know, playing with full confidence and I think a good point of that was Nabi, you know, the goal against Derby where Nabisar plays that ball down the line to Toffolo and it, you know, both of them are pressed and they just carry on playing the ball forward. And it's, I think it's that shows, doesn't it, the, the confidence that Car- Carlos is instilling in them to be brave enough to play that even under pressure and that mistakes are going to happen and that he's clearly quite ac- accepting of that fact, isn't he? Which yeah. has got yeah. Phil Lemmy confidence to carry on playing like that. Gary Wilkinson says uh, Hoggy had a dip, but he's a true pro, adjusting his game to the new style, playing forward. Uh, and then what else have we got? <laughs> yeah, Ollie says he's Poz live in Beirut, um, which Poz, I think you already said. Um, I live in Bradford. Um, it's uh, very similar. I think he's, I'm getting him. I'm getting him. <laughs> I'm going to say you battle. two live quite close, don't you? Poz? I'm, I'm yeah. Neil's at one and I'm over. <laughs> I'm hearing him here first and then I'm playing with Poz. Paul Gibson makes a good point. He says, if you add Ward, Bakuna and Pritchard to the bench against Bristol City, it may have been a bit different. And, you know, that's probably a really good point, actually, in that. Um, I totally forgot about Ward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once once you once you get, you know, sort of, once, you know, we get players back, you know, our, our squad depth is a little bit questionable, isn't it? But shall we move on to my next point? And that was, we have played really well against Millwall, a bit ropey against Bristol City. And there's a trend that I've noticed uh happening which is by yeah i'm gonna pick four games now which are quite a good sample size i think reasonable sample size of early early form uh rotherham preston bristol city and birmingham these four games and each of these four teams all did something very very similar against us uh rotherham initially first and preston and bristol city might as well have been the same game you know it was you know you know a mad sort of five six minutes where they get two goals and and we're out of the game but uh, Birmingham as well. So all of these teams, all that all they did was they sat deep and let us have the ball and made us play in front of them. And they often they gave us no space whatsoever to get in behind. All four of them. Um, Rotherham, we had one shot on target, five off. Our XG expected goals under one. Uh, we're going to throw in expected goals because it's all about quality of chances that we're creating. Uh, Preston North End, three on target, five off. Expected goals under one. Bristol City, two on target, three off. Expected goals, 0.75. And Birmingham, two on target, seven off. Uh, expected goals 0.74 to me it looks like Carol Lighting was the man that we've perhaps brought in to be able to play you know play this role and he seems to have just dipped off a little bit of late but do we need perhaps you know January's coming around the corner and you think you mentioned this I can't remember if it was on our offline pause but you uh, no, cause, value, cause no, even. no value in January yeah well this I'll is the thing need, is, is our need, problem yeah. is our problem that we need someone no. creative who can play in front or is it just too early to tell you no, the, I'll tell you what our problem is, mate. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for guys who's never hardly played any football. How's Carlos meant to do any well, work Rotherham on the wasn't training? that case, though, was it? No, but how, how's Carlos meant to do any work on the training ground? It's, it's absolutely incredible what he's done at the moment because all you're going to have to do is recover after games. That's all you can do. I was listening to kind of a podcast the other day with someone bemoaning like someone in the Premier League doing Saturday, Tuesday, but bloody hell, their squads are miles bigger than that. games, isn't it, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think we've got to cut a lot of slack and that's what excites me even more because Carlos, wait till Carlos gets to work on it and when maybe when normal seasons comes back and we can actually go down and watch, you know, kind of us play. But I, I, I've really got a lot of 
kind of I don't know it's a word, but I can I can kind of just cope with it at the moment because it's just so weird. I know you could say it's the same for all the teams, but what he's done when unlimited, I mean, it's the same again, isn't it? And then we're going to lose players to international duty. So even then, can you really do anything in this kind of little window? And then we're back again, aren't we? Saturday, Tuesday, and Saturday, Tuesday. So I just just total respect to Carlos and the guys for doing what they're doing because with our energy that we need to build a shield town under this man, it's I just think you've just got to cut a bit of slack and hating. Just like God, he's probably living in an hotel still. I thought he was quite interesting last week. Could have read it wrong, me. But Pippa put a thing on his Instagram, and I thought, God, that looks like he's in an hotel there. Could be totally wrong. But it's like, this is what I mean. These guys are not even like settled, and mm. it's, it's it's so much better to come. That's what I'm just trying to say. No, some good points. I, I agree with that, Cosy. I think there's some good points. Then we've got an international break coming up as well, so whereby they can they can work with those that aren't called up for international duty. Um, Paz, what do you think about the? Do, have you noticed anything here in terms of the way that we play, or, or are you sort of going with Cosy there in that you know we've probably not had enough time to on the training ground to uh, work on things? I, I literally wrote that down um, to mention tonight. I think one of the problems is and why we're still seeing is why we're still seeing some of the well the failings, I suppose, for want of a better word, um, is that between games we don't have that time. If you've played Saturday, you've got maybe Sunday. As a recovery session, you might have a day off. So that's Monday gone, Tuesday, you're working on your tactics. It's only maybe one one proper session on, on being able to eradicate things. And, you know, if you're playing Saturday to Saturday, you've got four or five days there to, to work on stuff. And I think because it's bang on, there's, there's players that aren't used to playing at this intensity, this regularly, lack of time in between games to sort of iron out little things or not not even iron out things to put things in, you know, in, in place for us going forward. Um I think once we do get a bit more time and stuff like that, I will. I think you will see a massive improvement again. Um, just going back to your point on creativity, I do think that is one of the areas where we need someone to to pick those those passes. Um, we we you've got two options there for me. When it gets like that, you make it wide, so you, you get the ball out to your wingers and look to put the crosses in, or you try and um, you try and draw out the defence and then play you know your through balls and stuff like that, which I think against Millwall. Well, Pritchard were on. Um, we we did that, and obviously for the goal, it was that sort of goal. If Pritchard can, you know, keep going at that quality, then you know you could argue that we don't need someone. But is it a missing? And you know, obviously he's injured now. So I think it's not so much a it's not so much a number ten that we need. It's it's probably someone who would sit behind a number ten if that makes sense to play in that. Like an attacking eight. Yeah, like an attacking eight. Yeah, but who can just pick that killer pass either wide or through a gap to you know to someone to run onto but yeah I, I do fully agree in what Cosy says there's not much time between games here to, to implement new new bits and bobs so you know that's off to them for, for how they've played so far uh, Simon you've moved to the couch there um, nice and comfortable change of scenery Matt <laughs> no fireworks going off there either <laughs> no not here mate not here yeah Carolina's an interesting one um, he obviously hasn't as many minutes recently as perhaps what he had when he first joined yeah um, he's had a bad injury didn't he sort of last year and I think anybody who's who's played with an injury knows that all, you, sometimes you, you can play three or four games and then all of a sudden different muscles start pulling in different directions of it you know and 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 you start feeling things a bit more you know I was I was always injured as a as a, as a goalkeeper you know yeah even injured and taking goal kicks used to he used to absolutely kill my ankle and stuff and knee, but it was always sort of after three or four games. So I'm, I'm just wondering whether there's 
there's maybe something there where he's played quite a lot of games in a short space and all of a sudden I didn't know you to be a goalkeeper to be honest played right back a few times you know as well (laughs) overlapping (laughs) overlapping myself yeah I mean Corbrand's alluded to the fact that Aitin's obviously um, had a serious injury previously and that we need to manage his minutes so um yeah, on one hand, kind of not surprising that he's um, not played as much, but but I guess at the same time that's coincided with Lewis O'Brien's return to, to fitness as well and obviously looking to get him involved. Um, I think some comparisons have been drawn between Iting and, and Moy. Um, I think certainly kind of we would recognise probably that we've never replaced Aaron Moy in our team and I think perhaps some hope that, that Iting was that player. Um but I think kind of Moy obviously was it was an exceptional signing and kind of an exceptional player for this your town. And I think it'd perhaps be a bit unfair to to compare the two. If Iton can achieve mm-hmm. arguably kind of half three quarters of what Moy did, then actually it'd be a, be a very good signing and a good asset for us. I saw um, somebody somewhere as well um mentioned that when Iton was Moy's age, Moy was playing for St. Mirren. You know, so there's there's obviously and, and Moy wasn't particularly impressive, I don't think, for St. Mirren. So, you know, there's he had a, some air there, sho- didn't he? And all. He did. Blonde is <laughs> shocker blonde air. You know what I mean? He's um, not too far from Phil Starbuck. It's just fantastic to know. I know we can lose any game, but for the first time for so long time, I just feel we can beat anyone now. And, they, and, and I never felt that before. Not in the Cowley, what kind of games you were thinking, well, I'm struggling here, I'll take a point here, we've got no chance in there and stuff. I, I'm my own worst enemy. I said we'd lose to Millwall. I should know better, but. It's brilliant to have that back again, isn't it? That I'm not saying no limits, but that freedom to think we can win a game and it's worth tuning in because we can win this match. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I mean, I didn't even watch it live, that Millwall game, but it was just brilliant to get back in the car, like 3-0. And then when I watched it back, it's like, we absolutely took them apart at times the second half but then obviously Bristol kind of did a little bit towards so I just love the fact that we know what, what's going to happen and I think expectations are rising a little bit now obviously when you take a lead in a game like we did at Preston and Bristol you hope to see it through but I just think for me now Luton at home on Saturday will come on that probably later on but I expect to win that and that's naughty really because we shouldn't be thinking ahead of a station but it's, that's what he's doing to us is Carlos he's making us uh, on that dream but just be proud again and be able to show town. I'm loving it. Getting you confident again. Uh, that's fine. So let, let's move on to our, our player in focus then, which um, I, I try and do one of these a week. Um, so this week I thought I would pick Richard Stearman. Uh, the reason why I've picked Richard Stearman is he seems to be getting quite a lot of stick uh, on, on social media. And um, I think a lot of it's unwarranted, um, but we'll see what you guys think of this. So 
so I had a look at Richard Stearman sort of uh, this season. So currently this season, uh, using um, you know statistical uh, metrics and whatnot, uh, Richard Stearman is Huddersfield Town's number one ranked defender. Uh, the reason why he's the number one ranked defender is made the most tackles per game out of everybody in our defence. Uh, the most blocks out of everybody is is up there in the top couple in terms of clearances. Second in most interceptions made, and uh, offensively is actually Town's third best player, third third highest ranked player. Due to the, <laughs> must be due to that overlapping run he did from right centre back, you know, the other week. But uh, but in terms of it's, it's there because he's got an assist and he's got a, a quite a good passing percentage and it, it, accurate long balls as well. So the question really is, I know he didn't have a great game, particularly last night against Bristol City. I'm not going to stick up. I'm not going to say that he was head and shoulders above anybody. But um, why is Richard Stearman in particular coming in for uh, this much? Well, not it's not massive amounts of stick, is it? But there's just a couple of little murmurs here and there. And, you know, for, looking at that, he is the number one ranked defender in the games where he was excellent. They say, you know, Swansea away. I think it was Swansea away where he was, he was, he was top class. And so... Why do you think guys think it is it because he's thirty three and maybe people maybe think that you know he's he's old so therefore he's going to slow down or he can't keep it up you know what's 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 going on? Pause your nodding on Neil. He's, he's, he's done think, all right, and he's done all right to be fair. And I'll be honest, I think he's probably done better than I thought he were going to do. He's, I know, I know, I, I know. I put more on stats than you do, Neil. But in terms of like who scored he's, he's ranked in the top three or just yeah, town players and, this and, season. You know, and you can't. I'm going to say you can't argue with that, but I'm about to. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's opinions uh, you know opinions are welcome aren't they to be fair yeah no absolutely and it, it's, it, the best compliment I can give him he's been better than I thought he was going to be um, I think he's probably yeah, surprised a few of us with his performances I think the only thing and I, I mentioned it last week week before I just his hair I, <laughs> there's a, a couple shambles. of comments already it's about his dodgy hair <laughs> it's a shambles but just seeing him in a three with Stearman and sorry with Schindler and Saar or in a two with Schindler or Saar it just I don't I think a three where I think Naby Saar struggles in a three you know I, I, I thought Saar was distinctly average last night and we're lucky not and against to get Preston as well yeah um, I just think you can't play all three and you can't play Stearman as part of a two and I think if you're going to sacrifice somebody out of those it's got to be Stearman I think Edmunds Green's back in full training now and I think Carlos has said that he'll be back after the international break. So I think that's the, the sort of the, the, the shirt he's going to be gunning for more than the other two because uh, new signing, generally speaking, is going to play in it. Schindler, club captain, generally speaking, going to play. But on the flip side of that, I think what is interesting is when we do drop it to a four, when he's subbed one at centre backs, it's been Schindler a couple of times now, hasn't it? And he's left Stephen and Saar on. Yeah, that surprised me. Yeah, and I, I, I just think it leaves us a little bit exposed. If we are going for it, I just think it leaves a little bit exposed on break, and I would like to see I'd, one of an Edmonds Green or a Crickslow inside for a bit of youth and a bit of pace. We we had this similar conversation with the other week, and I think yeah. if it's a right sided one, I'd rather see Romani yeah, yeah. Edmonds Green because of the you know because he, yeah. he likes the balance, doesn't he? But I I agree in that when Stearman gets caught out wide, that's where you see things happen. You know, he got skinned against Brentford, wasn't it? Against Brentford, he got caught wide against Norwich with the yeah. back pass. Uh, and Paul Gibson's mentioned online, he's done well, but he's got those moments where he can cost you. And that that is right. Um, but who else wants to dive in? Uh, Pause, you were about yeah. to make a point, weren't you? I see, I see Stephen as, you know, in very as an old school centre-half. And I think probably that's why he, he comes in for some stick because although you've, you know, put him in kick a it, like kick it headed, that kind of thing. 
with his passing ability, is that sort of old school centre half where you know he probably go a lot of the work that he does goes unnoticed. Um, you know, like you say, kick it, edit, just little niggly bits and bobs with a centre forward that he doesn't always sort of make a sliding tackle and you know crowd go metal. Well, no crowd. It's completed. It's completed. Pass really rate is the highest right out of all defenders, out of all the centre backs. Um, yeah, apart from Critchlow, it, apart from Critchlow only. He don't. He don't do wide class as memorable. Good things, yeah. if that makes sense. Doesn't make that like Nabi Sad has that massive block, don't he? And then you know yeah, he made a massive yeah. block, and it doesn't make that because I, I was surprised when I saw the blocks. I, you remember Nabi Sad's flying massive? They, they look amazing, don't they? And, and then yeah, he said, yeah. and I like, there's not, there's a thing that I remember some of the things block. that he does wrong. Like the you know, if you said to me what's Richard Steeman done this season, my first thought would be well, he cocked up with that back pass against uh, Norwich, was it? Probably at fault for a couple of goals last night, and apart from, and maybe courageing down left wing when probably should have been back in centre half. So it's very easy to remember the the bad moments because the the it's a bit like being a keeper, I suppose. You can make really you know you can have a steady away game and make five or six routine saves that still need saving, yet make a mistake and it's one nil down, and all of a sudden you've had a really bad game. And I think that's where Stephen comes in for for a little bit of stick. I think the age thing as well is an immediate thing to go to, or he's old, therefore he's not very good. Um, but you know, overall, as Neil says, is not just him, but everybody else as well. You know, you can put me in that bracket of done better than why what we thought I would, which again is a testament to to Carlos. Age don't really matter, does it? I mean, Thiago Silva's at Chelsea. I know he's a top job. The oldest man on the pod says, I would say that, yeah, thirty-five years <laughs> old. But I think a lot of it, you know, social media stickies. I mean, I were a final because I went on Radio Leeds last night and mentioned it. But for me, Critchlow. Obviously, he was waiting for his turn to kind of strangely not being a, a part of it. And people have probably seen statement. But the one thing I'd argue back, though, which kind of contradicts maybe a little bit what I said last night, is I think he's been better than Schindler has. And no, I, yes. yeah, I, think I, I just think, Matt, he just he looks ungamely. He probably doesn't suit. If you had to pick from scratch, would you bring him in now on a, in a Carlos uh, team? No. And maybe he is getting a bit of uh, kind of stick, but... Like Paul says, there is things that kind of spring to mind where he has cost us points. And I'm sure Edmunds Green as well, who's going to be fit at some point. I think if we're being honest, he's probably going to be fall back in the pecking order and the young guns will get their chance. But it's, uh, yeah, you can't knock his, his effort. And, and to be, it'd be, it'll, be, it'll be good back up to Alvin, I'm sure. I mean, we don't, I don't really know him. No one does really. But I think in behind the club, he's one of those in the kind of background, maybe Mark Hudson, similar in the promotion year that he does a lot of good and he'll do a lot of good with our young centre-halves when uh, you know kind of nurturing them through so it's I think some of it is a bit unfair but I just I'm a bit just a bit mad with him last night it's just reactions were especially for that second goal it's like come on man um, I think um, from my point of view um, I think he kind of deserves a lot of credit I, I see him very much as still Cowley's signing a man who was brought in to shore up a defence the back end of last season to play the Cowley way, manage games out, be that kind of traditional centre half that we spoke about, head it, kick, etc. And the way he's adapted his game to suit Auburn style, I think you should give him, or we should give him lots of credit for that. It perhaps isn't too unfamiliar to him in the sense that kind of overlapping centre backs, which he's been asked to do, was how um, Chris Wilder played quite a bit at Sheffield United, and, and obviously he was part of that team for quite a while. But I think. On one hand, he deserves a lot of credit. On the other hand, um, kind of right to highlight that he's been at fault for a few goals. I think for me, in the team that we're playing, where we kind of commit people forward, we rely on pace, and pace is not one of his strengths. And when you put him alongside Schindler, 
it is a very slow back two relative to, to some others. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure in the long term if, if they can be kind of the partnership. Um, and, and I think kind of just on, on Edmunds Green is a player that excites me. Obviously, Cosy, we saw him away at Charlton. He looks really good that night. Um, his time at Swindon, a lot of people spoke really highly about him. Um, keen for him to get some minutes, really. And, and that's probably going to be at Stearman's expense. Uh, right, okay, we'll move this on a little bit. So there's some good comments coming online that I wanted to read a couple of them. And uh, it's Paul Gibson says, um, he mentions that Stearman likes his passion, fight and leadership, but he does have those moments, like we said. But he also says that if Critchlow or Roman Edmonds green play, then Stearman is sort of the ideal candidate to to play alongside him because of his communication and how he you know, he, he brings brings them through like he did with Critchlow against uh, against Nottingham Forest. Uh, and Ollie, uh, Ollie Fisher says, uh, centre-halves are always overlooked for the things they do well and remembered. Uh, weeks later for errors they make and it comes with the territory but Steeman has been man of the match a few times which which is correct and he also he does off he does like Tiago Silva as well. Uh right so um Canal side so uh, the club brought, finally brought out the protracted video about Canal side um other than that Mike Devlin needs uh, some braces for his trousers and a decent mask what what got, what did you guys learn from this so i i've been there a couple of times uh, so I'll I'll keep mine until the end, and I'll I'll see you know keep what I think to the end, and I'll let you guys uh, you guys uh, fire in. So who wants to kick us off with uh, w- with what they saw on the video? Uh, Neil, do you want do you fancy uh, talking us through? Um, we've got a lovely big tank. Um. <laughs> irrigation, yeah, yeah, we've got a cracking irrigation tank. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I think it's coming for a lot of criticism. I think it's an easy one to, to beat club with. Um, it looks all right, doesn't it? it you know, it's, it's a training ground, isn't it? it? It looks all right. And from what Phil Senior, who's, you know, an ex-pro, has been down there and said it's a phenomenal setup. Um, you know, I'd listened to him on that one, to be fair. I just think my, my biggest question, and I've asked this direct it is, you know, where did the, the multi-storey building go? Are we building the stand at the side of the pitch that was looked so we can go and watch games down there? They're, they're stuff that aren't happening. There's been reasons behind those. Um, with the sounds of it, it wasn't ever a 20 million project. Um, Just on that, Neil, I'll, let you, yeah. I'll kick you back off, but I um, they've, they've removed the initial... Um, announcement from the HTFC website, but you know, way back machine, you can you can dig things, dig these things back out. There's two ways to look at it, isn't there? you know. But they did say the the initial it'll be between between fifteen and twenty million. So yeah, yeah, so it was never actually set as twenty. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Well, even fifteen, it's not going to reach that, is it? Probably not. No. Um, I think the previous chairman. I'm going there. The, the previous chairman. Um, stated very loudly that it would be his legacy for the club moving forward when he'd left. Um, people's thoughts on that probably interesting because it's clearly not happened. You know, is it on Phil then to throw all the, all the money at that out of his own pocket, out of the club's pocket? I don't know. Probably, well, that's the thing because initially we thought it was ring-fenced. You know, the money had been earmarked yeah. and ring-fenced, but it's not yeah. really... It's not really... Doesn't it seem to be. Did Phil not say that money was staying in bank, though? Did he not? No, I don't know. I don't know. It's not been very clear from what I've seen. Six million worth still there. That was Carling's money was on it, but I think Dean Oil were very vocal about it. Was twenty million quid, 15, 20 million quid, and it was his 
it would be his legacy of the Premier League era and getting town up there that going forward would have this multi-million pound fantastic facility. I think the biggest problem, that the biggest fault of it, if we're being honest, is that at the time, and you can't beat the, the current regime about this, at the time we saw this all singing, all dancing video, video, the video yeah. of what it is. And I think you see it, you sold it, you expect it. Um, so I think fans are, you know, people are going to question it. You know, I think if we'd have still been in Premier League, nobody would give a toss and we'd have probably spent 25 million on it by now. But I think the fact that we've been awful since um, and there's been some questionable decisions in amongst, I think people are using it as a bit of a stick. It's just another think, disappointment, isn't it, really? It, it's a, it, yeah, and it is a disappointment. I, I'd have loved to have gone down there and watched a few B-team games. and understand stand, yeah, that, that little stand at side. It looked amazing, did that? I think that's yeah. probably the biggest disappointment, that, that stand. That, was, that was the thing for me, to, yeah. to be able to go down there and watch, because you used to go down and watch a few games propped up at side at other pitch and enjoyed those. So to have a little stand there as well, that would have yeah. been cracking. Yeah, I think they've made it, they're trying to make it more professional, which I fully understand why they've done that. I think a lot of fans are disappointed that they've taken the sort of fan interaction slash connection out of it. I don't see why they've had to do that, I'll be totally honest. I think they could have still done had the two combined and separate at the same time. I do know that David Wagner wasn't a fan of the uh, the fans being there. Yeah, well, he ain't, he ain't here anymore. So You can't have fans at a championship training ground, guys. Bloody hell. They weren't, they, weren't, they weren't big on that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't see why, I don't see why you can't keep the two separate. You can you can section it. I mean, I went down there when when we were in Premier League, <coughs> and uh, when they used to have the bar and all that. And uh, I, my youngster, you know, Zanker invited him down to sign a shirt that he'd caught when we beat Man United, and you know, he had a game of FIFA with him and all that sort of stuff. And there were actually, a, you'll probably remember, guys, if you, if you've been down there with scouting and stuff, there were there were a private section that, that were yeah, just for players. You know, you couldn't just walk in and start wandering around. So mm-hmm. I think there's a. There's that was a, one of my a, points. Cause medium sort of, you know, you can have a bit where fans can go, but not. You yeah. don't need to be walking to be fair, down the changing rooms, do you? Do you know? No. To be fair, Matt, when I went to Schalke last year, it, I mean, it'd be a different setup, but theirs was very similar. So I'm kind of arguing against me on point here, but like loads of training pictures, that special stand and that as well, and and then on a match day they kind of had like different supporters bars and stuff as well. So I mean, but, like say, during the week, decent, you know, during the week, no problem. Look of it, it looks good. It looks like a good. It looks like a good setup, doesn't it? Just you know, the thing. Is, just going back to video. Sorry. Just, just going back to actual really video, fine. though. It were, you know, the way that the video I put together didn't really sell it to me as much. It's probably a lot. I know it sounds really bad, but the video probably did it an injustice. I know it was fifty minutes long, and they tried to cover every single minute point. But to me, that made it almost worse. Look worse than what it was because it we were just basically, you know, being shown round somewhere. Um, you know, you know, you've already mentioned about Devlin, but you know, his bloody shirt popping out the bottom of his jacket and his mask being all over it. All that to me just looked a bit amateur, and it kind of took away from the actual development. I mean, we've because you work near me in Leeds, you know, Wellington Place and stuff like that. We've just had a video sent through because we're supposed to move in in uh, February. It was five minutes. It was professionally done. It had sort of flybys and little you know montages of stuff, and it basically just hammered on the key points of what's there you know, what, what we needed to know. And I think Canal Side would have been so much, portrayed so much better. And we'd all be saying a lot more positive things if we didn't hear 
five minutes talking about a water tank that can hold some water. You know, the, fans, do you really care about that? Do you need to know that that's how the water pitch? No, you don't. You, you know really what? To my shame, Paz, I found that interesting the, the talk about well, the water. That's <laughs> to my shame, I really did. Can I stick up for the club here, though, for me? Because Danny Ward got interviewed. I mean, you you might say Danny Ward were here before the old canal side. And even this development, and he, he was buzzing. We were, he said, I cannot believe how good the facilities are now. So it doesn't really matter what we think. I get, Neil, I totally agree with you on the stand. Yeah, I'd love to see that. You know, a lot, you see a lot of these kind of training grounds with the stands built in and stuff, especially the Premier League. But apart from that, does it really matter what we think? Does it did really matter Cosi, about the video? Cosi, did you does it, not does it matter, did, Neil? Cosi, did you not start of what I actually said? <laughs> <laughs> You're watching highlights again, watching La Liga again, weren't you, Cos? Oh no, I, I, I didn't feel that. I can see it in your glasses. It's reflected, look. <laughs> see the football kicking in your no, glasses. I can't agree, Marnie, what you said. It is a fair point, though, because if players are happy, managers are happy, backroom staff are happy. What's he got? Just to cover it, I said that, that it's a bit of a, a stick to beat the club with, and Phil Senior said it's an excellent setup, and he's a pro footballer. So just... Yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of that's been there. I think the the players' lounge has been there for two years, you know. So a lot of it hasn't just been built. A lot of it's been done over the last few years. Uh, the cryo chamber, for example, has been there for quite a while, and and other bits and bats. And I think they're still going to add to it as well, aren't they? Yeah. So I think they're still going to add add to that. So um, what I think we'll do is we'll move on, and the sponsorship <laughs> has just been yeah. Canal side, it looks Canal side. It's not what it, it was looks, promised, it looks, but it still looks, looks all right. right. So you know, the players are happy. Can we go Canal Green Bowling or what? I've got my jacks ready here. Come on, get them. Leeds Road, spot, Leeds Road <laughs> playing fields, mate. It's all going down there. So everything that was at Canal side, you're bad, Leeds Road it might be a bar there, but it's a little bit of a walk. Too tin pot for me. I don't want water tanks, mate. I want <laughs> pints of a jiggle each other. Hey, did you not see how much water it shifts through there? I thought that was really cool. Anyway. Man, nobody cares. Move on. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I'm going to stick with my fit. I'm going to stick with my water. But anyway, sponsorship. So uh, this has been uh, in the in the pipeline. See, I'm doing water jokes now, pause. But this has been in the pipeline for a little bit now with with what they're doing. It feels a bit like a meat raffle in some ways, doesn't it? But um, but yeah, so it's going to be like there's um, three three away charities that are going to appear on the away shirts. I didn't quite. I, re- I read the examiner one. I didn't read the official one. But I I, I don't know if it's they're going to be alternated or what or what the order is. But I think Kirkwood Hospice Town Foundation and Yorkshire Air Ambulance were the three which is great. And then they're also going to try and uh, auction those off and give them to, to other uh, charities as well, which I thought was fantastic. I think that's really good. Uh, the home one was a little bit more convoluted uh, in that I think Phil has, um, because he's put Pure as the main business sponsor, which suggests that Pure Business Group have put the bulk of the money in. And then what they're going to do is they're going to raffle off, um, I think, £250 a ticket, was it, Pause. Um, yeah, yeah. which would potentially make over the last 17 games, because I think because it starts at Middlesbrough, so there'll be 17 games left, which will make the club around 85 grand if they sell all the tickets. And um, But what it seems to be, and I, I got this clarified with uh, my buddy Stephen as chicken as well, was that it seems to be that they're going to have a different uh, sponsor every week, at every home game, which I didn't realise was allowed, but, um, but apparently so. So it's going to be really interesting to see what sponsors are coming up, whether we're going to get some good ones or whether we're going to get you know, you know. Hopefully, Magic Rock will be there. You know, I think we'd all love a Magic Rock uh, Huddersfield Town top, wouldn't we? Or Dixon's Ice Lollies and things like that. I, and it I goes think back to, to do it like they have. Goes back to Pete O'Toole's artwork as well. Do you know, with a lot yeah. of the stuff he had on, and and hopefully we'll see some some quick, pretty cool ones. But Neil, I, kick us off. I, I think if you scroll back a few pods, I think you'll find that 
Poz had actually put this forward as an idea. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take my commission. He knew, he had inside that. info, didn't he? Yeah. he Anyone it's, been in the works, it's been in the yeah, works nice. for months, this Poz. So, <laughs> I'll take 10% you know, of any sales, thank you. Credit, credit, credit where it's due at Bradford City fan since corner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had that as an idea. And, you know, if, if the club have listened to that and moved forward with that, brilliant. It shows that they, do, they, they are listening to, to what's been said. So I think we had a similar discussion about... Um, shirt offers and stuff like that and they brought out an offer on that didn't they with the, the bundle so you know fingers crossed that the communication thing is 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 on the rise and if that is the case fair play when they're coming up with some good stuff um, I think to do it like this I think they must have some people lined up to buy them all for certain games you know just, just jump in with a, a five grand and away you go your name's on shirt per week because I think I think they'll struggle. I think I worked out it'd be 320 odd different companies who actually won't get on the shirts, which for £250, even for a little company, £250 a lot of money to throw away something you're going to get no back for, unless they're going to be offered some form of backup advertising for that investment. But I, I think there must, there'll be quite a lot of businesses around the field who've got five grand spare to chuck about to to throw on there and, and claim it back against tax, etc. So I think I think they'll probably shift them all, to be honest. Simon, what do yeah, you think, think, what do you make of it? I am um, I think it's it's a really good idea, um, novel concept. Similar to you, Matt, I was under the impression that you were only allowed three different sponsors on your shirt per season. Apparently it's charities. Was... Yeah, apparently it's three different charities. Okay, cool. So, kind of, you can have as many different shirt sponsors as you like. Then, in terms of businesses, so so in that in that respect, it would work. Um, uh, and I kind of sense it could be kind of the way forward into next season and the season after as well, potentially, albeit maybe slightly larger amounts. But um, in a world where it's probably becoming increasingly difficult to get sponsor sponsorship in the way you could do maybe five, ten years ago, this could be kind of more of a more of a um, solution for for kind of next season and beyond. My only frustration is it's taken until taken now to do it. Um, kind of the whole charity element and the kind of goodwill that the club might have generated from that, I think it's been scarred a little bit by the fact that it's clear they've tried to get someone kind of to cough up some more money to go on the shirts. They haven't been able to achieve that. And we're now in November, kind of a quarter of the way through the season and, and this is the outcome. But with that said, kind of the club have moved to this position and, and probably should be kind of commended for doing so. Anyone else want to take up the baton? Yeah, I think it's, I think, well, obviously, like I say, I mentioned something very similar. It's something that we do at, at grassroots level and, you know, Sunday League level. I'm sure we're not the only, you know, people that have done it where you, you raffle off a chance to sponsor it, normally for a full season rather than match by match. But we've obviously, you know, sort of taken that route maybe to get more more people interested. Like Neil says, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be people out there. And if you think, if businesses have, have an executive box down at town, you know, they'll probably pay a lot more than five grand uh, to do so. So I'm sure that they'll they'll, they'll get rid of it. And it's, it's a nice novelty, isn't it? You know, if I were a business owner, to have my business name, you know, on front of on front of shirt, even if it's a one off, you know, you get you get all, from if I understand it right, you get the, all the shirts from the match as well. So yeah, you, you can either, you can either take the shirts off or, or raffle them, yeah. So there's there's a chance for you know other charities to you know to get involved there. And you know, I'm sure if us boys club together we may be able to get a TCC a, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of shirt. offers already. People <laughs> offering to chip a fiver in, but I think 250 quid for one for one ticket's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but I, w- I wouldn't want people to do ah, that. Maybe one of them put it out there if everyone, you know, if people want to 
to donate and give us a chance, then you know who knows. Uh, Although some of the things we say about club, they might not take want the us on their shirt. We might, yeah. we, might get, we might get pulled out of that one and put it back in. But, Stick Cosy's face on the front of the shirt. That'd look great. I think I it's a, I think it's a great idea and I think it's different. And if the club go about it the right way, I've not seen much national coverage of it, you know, today. But if they keep pushing out, it's a new, it's different, you know, and you know people will pick up on it, and you know it puts us in a good light. We're helping, you know, local businesses and and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, fair play, it's a good idea. Any more for any more on the sponsorship? Going once, twice, three times. Okay, we'll move on. So uh, yeah, so um, let's have a look online, see if we've got anything. Uh, yeah, Thomas Bradshaw's backed you up, so Tom's there. Uh, so we might get a couple of couple of drawings <laughs> maybe today so good to see you tom uh credit to tom on the work he's done recently as well those top trump top trump's cars look really good so i'm gonna buy some of those for christmas i think uh so uh yep so a couple uh sort of saying that we'll chip in a fiver but you know I, I, i'm not sure about that uh right so let's move on to the to the b team um so the b team of they've only played a couple of games that i've seen but uh paul's kind of stole my thunder a little bit at the start of of the show when you you went off uh, off piste shall oh, we say <laughs> but uh one interesting thing from uh the the beating so the beating have had two games recently one was against farsley celtic and the other was against a, a grimsby town 11 um i think you question whether the, the opposition that they're coming up against is it, you know is, is decent enough or not but you know i'm sure the club have got a good handle on that you know they beat grimsby 6-3 today and uh one man who's in the goals is uh is kieran phillips he's got seven goals in three games for the b team and that you know and the, the five striker comment has echoed around every part of Huddersfield and, and beyond, doesn't it, for the last couple of weeks that the, the chairman says. And and all of a sudden, Kieran Phillips in the B team is starting to look, you know, he's 20 now. And it, it comes to a point where you've got to make that push forward and make that leap forward. It looks like Kieran Phillips is potentially uh, going to make that leap, which would be fantastic. You know, Huddersfield lad uh, who left us at a young age to go to Everton and has come back. He looked good, uh, Matt. I saw him last year getting that trick uh, last season when we could still mm. watch a game. And, he just looked something different to me than. Does he kind remind of, you a little bit of? Uh, you know, as, I hate to compare, uh, but he reminded me a little bit of Patrick Bamford in a way. Do you know, in that he leads the line and he's quite yeah. quick. You know, in that that kind of player. Do you know, not big, not not particular. Doesn't ha- have outstanding physical attributes, but he works really hard and he runs that line. You know what, though, Matt? I, there might be a spot on our bench soon for for someone like him. Why not? You yeah, know, I would say why not? not if he's a stri- There's no better than a striker who's scoring goals at any level. Confidence is there. What is it, seven in three? Put him on bench. Why not? You know, give him 20 minutes. See what he's got. Yeah, I'm all for that. And uh, another interesting point today is the the new Spanish signing. Uh, Vallejo uh, played 33 minutes before going off. I'm not sure if that was uh, due to an injury or whether they're just carefully managing him. But because Grimsby he's, he's were absolutely freezing, mate, compared to Madrid. <laughs> I, I was you really know, amused, actually. Grimsby whipping in, yeah. <laughs> Grimsby had a goalkeeper called Battersby, and I thought that was quite a good a good uh, a good name for. Well, for well, well, it's, it's funny you should mention that. I saw that interview today with uh, Sergey Regulon, who signed for Tottenham from Seville, and he said, "So now you've what, got that from you... Grimsby Town, to be honest, mate." But I'm going to let oh, you go with no, this. Leave me out here. He, say, he says, "What? What? Jamaica?" says, "I'm absolutely loving the Premier League, but what a country this is where it gets dark at five o'clock." I said, "I'm just not used to it anymore. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Welcome to England, mate." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Vaiko has played uh, 33 minutes today, so that's that's a good uh, a good point. So, uh, any of you guys want to dive in more on uh, on Kieran Phillips or Vaiko? Then now's your chance. Before I uh, give you the old three, two, one, move on. Now, Neil, you're muted, mate. <laughs> First team striker, get him on bench. 
you know, bench. It's quite unanimous. I think we're all pretty much saying, yeah, you know, yeah. give him a give, give him a blast. Why not? Give him a blast. Why not? We, you know, Definitely. Campbell struggling. Danny Ward still. I'll be honest. Uh, as a fan, just quickly on it, as a fan, I think you two one down last night. You chasing game a bit. I think we've all been quite happy to see him come for the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. I think so. Just, just sort of like going back to last night. One other thing I mentioned, but I love the fact. Carlos just stormed off down the tunnel after. He <laughs> was brilliant with that. Well, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see shaking hands and, and doing all that. He's a winner, mate. He doesn't like losing. So I, that was just a, a just a strange one that just come to me. But I love that, though. Stormed straight down, didn't it? See you later, mate. I'll tell you what <laughs> I liked as well, Cosa. <laughs> Can't beat Marston. It's great. But I'll tell you what I quite liked as well, because I was quite unhappy about the handball and Augie posed it to him. Uh, afterwards, you know, and and he completely changed the subject. You know, he sort of, sort of said, you know, forget about it, and then he started talking about issues within the game. And he didn't take. It could have been an easy out to blame, you know, sort of a, a handball on the, you know, on the performance. And he didn't take it, and he, and instead he sort of said, we've got to learn from certain yeah. situations. And I thought, I think, you know, what, fair play, that's decent. He might again. We we mentioned before some likes to Wagner, but I do love the fact that I, he knows why we've lost. I know it sounds <coughs> a stupid thing, and you think, well, he's the bloody manager, Joe, it should, but. <laughs> He, he, Some of them don't. The deals I've seen, no, it's like he pinpoints. I know why we've lost this game, and it's yeah, it's really good. It's that's what I mean. It gets you kind of thinking, wow, we might have someone special here. I think we have, you know. As long as as long as they know how to act upon it next time, then then brilliant. Wagner did, and you know, I'm, I've I've seen great signs in Carlos. And I think we're all part of the Carlos Corbran fan club, aren't we? Even win, lose, <laughs> or draw, I think we're all all fully invested in that one. So uh, speaking of fully invested, uh, we've recently partnered with uh, FanHub, which is uh, a new app which is coming out soon, which is going to centralise a lot of fan content. Um, so we posted something out on Twitter uh, recently, and uh, and Brady, who uh, who isn't with us tonight because I think he's on a promise, is going to do a little article uh, about FanHub. So keep your eyes out for that, but we won't go into too much detail just yet. So we'll move on to Luton. So Brady usually does the, the previews. I think he's got stuff... Uh, ready as well but you know he's he's not with us um so let's uh dive in so Luton Town I, I don't I think form wise because they've they've seemed to have tailed off a, a little bit I'm you know you look now, at the mate, form guys yeah, how I'm they do it. how they're getting on we've got we've got nil, a scout nil, in the house haven't we nil nil mate but the one thing I've noticed is they've got a lot of big guys a lot of set pieces I think any town fan in worth their salt <laughs> does not need reminding of Luton Town at home mm. <laughs> Preston have won three 0 at Reading. Doesn't surprise me. Preston win the away from home every away day. Home and crap at home, aren't they? Yeah. I tell you what, though, Nathan Reading, uh, Jones has bubble gone early. Reading two defeats on shot. Nathan nice. Jones, mate, you've got to say fair play because there's good not job. many managers. I mean, you've only got to look at our uh, good friend Mr. McCall down the six or six to Keith Jaguar, as you called him to my yeah, he's, he's going back <laughs> and he's making complete balls on it. But Nathan Jones went back. He was probably lucky that the fans kind of weren't wasn't, there. He wasn't popular. They were booing him, no, weren't they? Yeah. And wow, they did a real number on us and and everyone. I think didn't we have him? I think a few of us had in that looting again in the two, bottom three. But they started off really well, and you know that we just gonna have to be smart. Don't give them free kicks away. Don't get, let them have an opportunity to get kind of men in the they'll box. They'll sit but... deep as well, mate. This is what I'm on about. They'll sit deep and they'll they'll try and pick us off on the counter. It's going to be a, a, a tough one, I think. Is this? I thought yeah. we stood more chance of beating Bristol City than Luton just because of the styles. Uh, but Bristol just, City surprised me with how they played. And, and fair play. I just think with international breaks, it's always good in it to get that positive result before going into it. As a fan, never mind a player. I, I really because you you want it back then, don't you? During the international yeah, break, you, you're it's, aching it's for it back. Whereas if you that, lose, yeah. if you lose, you're like oh, I can stay on international break for the rest of the year. I'm not bothered. But 
Um, Luton Town coming up. So Luton, uh, very sort of obstinate. <laughs> you're, right, you're right, pause. Fireworks <laughs> going, fireworks going, again. going off over there. Yeah. Not test. Corona, don't worry, I'm all right. You don't know that. Yeah. Get tested. Let me know. I forgot God knows how long you can. <laughs> I tell you what, lockdown for 28 days tomorrow, that's an idea. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you one thing if you go with this preview there's one thing glaring we haven't talked about yet um, Sheffield Wednesday's point deduction being halved I'm not happy about that it just seems what's the point you know what's the point in handing out a, a... <laughs> what's the, what's if, like, what's if the point about them now they get rid of Gary Monk and get somebody who can keep them up because you mean like David Wagner they'd still be bottom three well, did you see their result last night, Neil? Yeah. The biggest, I mean, you were upset. Did you see they what they did? Them. Beat Brentford, man. I, I sat Gary Monty Gareth. I hate him. Can't stand them, man. Sorry, pause. Cartoon pause. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm more like Tintin than Gary Monk, but there you go. Uh, um, but just, just to bring it back to, uh, to Luton game, I think they're just below us in the table. So it is one of them, really, where, you know, it will, I think, going back to what Cosley said right at the start, so who's going to be? the better performer on the day. I think we're going to have a lot of games like you know, like we've had. Uh, and certainly Luton will be one of those. To me, the, the middle from eighth anyway down to, well, even eighth right down to probably the bottom, everyone's probably on an equal footing and the games that decide it are going to be the, you know, the, the one-on-ones. I don't think you're never going to get teams that will go on a six or seven unbeaten or six or seven beaten. Look at some of the results that we've just mentioned there. So, you know, it almost, I know it sounds silly and a bit obvious sometimes, but you, you've almost got to play it game by game. You can't think, you know, so you hear some managers say, let's have a, you know, six game mini season and see where we are and stuff like that. But I don't think that's going to be one of those, those seasons. I think it's going to be, let's look at his opponents and let's see what we can get out of this game and just, just keep building that way because I've got a feeling that sort of certainly the middle section, anyone will beat anybody and you need to be on it all the time. Home advantage pause doesn't seem to matter anymore. I'm hearing some, a player kind of get interviewed about it. it. Says the only good thing about being at home is we don't have to stay in a hotel the night before. Yeah. It says apart from that, you've got no di- difference really in that as well. And look at our results. They're good example. Like we seem to be better away at the moment than at home. You know, we're kind of. I don't think it makes much difference, but yeah, I think it just becomes a leveler, doesn't it? It's you just on yeah. a, you're on the grass, you're on the grass pitch, and in some ways, as I think Neil touched on it before. Um, not having fans there will help some players and, and not help others. And, you know, it's, it's 11 v 11 on a pitch with no fans to influence anything. And I think that's probably why some of the results are going as they are, because it is whoever turns up on that particular game will win. Um, and it's as simple as that. I think the, the point you make about being in hotels and travelling is kind of relevant, though, because obviously looting away at Rotherham today, they'll be back down the motorway and back up probably on, what, Friday night, be kind of for Saturday's game. I think kind of just maybe an extra day's rest for town this week, kind of coming at the end of a, a long run of fixtures. Well, yeah, that's true. What do I know? I'm 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 kind of confident going into Saturday's game. I think we've played enough good football lately to be able to to get a result. Um I think it'll probably be be what do I think probably a low scoring game. Luton don't score many. Take the predictions um, off then side because Brady's Brady'll be sat oh, there listening, going, We well, need predictions. I, I think we're gonna nick it one nil. That's my view. Neil, you, you love a prediction. What are you going for? I got the last one right, didn't I? 2-1 Bristol. Brady wasn't happy about that. Um, <laughs> I'll go 2-1 Tam. Mm, I'm going to go 1-all. I've just got a feeling that it's going to be a bit of a tricky one. I think they're going to sit deep and I think we still see a lot of tired legs on both sides, small squads. Um, 
HTFC online says um, that's that's our old blog is that but HTF HTFC who is online uh, says Luton will be a difficult game first goal vital tend to struggle against teams that park the bus and we have to move the ball quickly to break their lines and I think that's that's a really good point if we do that I think we'll win the game but it's going to be a struggle to do that so uh, which one pause cause who's going to go I said two all against Bristol. I think I think a similar scoreline. We'll go for Desmond again. I like a good Desmond. A Desmond. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think we'll see a goal, mate. <laughs> I think it's going to end nil nil. It's going to be a bit of a stinker. Uh, cool. So I think that's it for guy for this night, guys. Any other business from you guys? Nope. Excellent. So I think that'll uh, that'll do tonight. So thank you to uh, everybody online that came and joined us. Thank you to uh, Tom for his his uh, excellent drawings as always thank you to magic rock for sponsoring us and thank you for putting us up putting up with us for so long as well so uh it's been uh pleasant to uh do this for you guys again tonight so uh, thank you very much there's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while Upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily And every goal Shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery delivery now. 
by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 